I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram Hello, and Coffee. friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> it sounded like I was saying happy birthday. You know, it's just a normal Tuesday, but we're happy about it. I'm happy you're here. We are continuing our series today about accessing our inner child with the Enneagram Type 4. And as a reminder, I want to treat this almost like a bucket list of ideas that you can pull from. So you can pick the ones that work for you, leave the ones that don't, try a few, leave a few, whatever you need. Now today we are talking about the Enneagram Type 4 and the soul child for Type 4 is the Enneagram Type 1. Now as a quick refresh, just in case this is the first of these episodes you've pulled up. Your soul child is essentially the concept that when you were a child, you looked like a certain number or there's like a part of you that is led by the number you go to in rest. And as you grew and as you changed, you learned over the course of your life, maybe even in infancy at some point that that wasn't okay to be and that you would need to protect that version of yourself through your forming this personality almost as a protective mechanism or an armor and that as we grow and as we change getting in touch with that soul child can help us to be more integrated in our growth. So here is the exact description that I have from Sandra Maitri. It's not the whole section of her book but it's just a good kind of few paragraphs that summarize how she thinks about this. She is kind of the godmother of the soul child theory. So that is who we're referencing. And again, I'm reading this from her book verbatim. So just adds up. Within the dramatic, intense, and emotional facade of a four is a bossy and pushy little one-ish soul child who is intent on all the other little kids behaving properly, seeing to it that none of them jumps the line, that their clothes are tidy, and that their manners are good. This soul child is a goody two-shoes, prim and proper, and critical of all those who don't follow the rules. She's a stickler for fairness and correctness and gets quite angry when the other kids are bad. They are the problem, children who need to be straightened out, and in this we see the forced tendency to blame others for their problems as well as their defensiveness when an imperfection about them is pointed out. Acknowledging this self-righteous and resentful little soul child is difficult for a four since it feels like her biggest flaw, opening her up to tremendous self-attack and self-hatred. Rather than imploding her aggression and directing it toward herself, bringing her soul child to consciousness is really a huge part of solving her inner suffering. The more she sees it, the more she acknowledges her defensiveness and her need to be right. And in doing so, her soul is gradually able to relinquish its control. Understanding her need to control others and make them do what she wants will expose her lack of perception of perfection of things as they are, and more important, of her own perfection." As she progressively integrates her soul child, she will see how the purity, luminosity, and inherent brilliancy of her soul were not allowed or mirrored in her childhood. Losing touch with the aspect of brilliancy, which she most embodied, she felt damaged and developed in a a reaction of personality type based on estrangement, abandonment, and longing for connection outside of herself. The more she integrates her soul child, the more the little do-gooder will transform into a shining sense of inner completeness, perfection, and elegance. Instead of living a life based on envy or mourning and longing from afar for contact, she will find that the completeness she seeks is within and that the grass inside is very brilliant indeed. So with that in mind, my fours, all of our 
soul child kind of bucket list items or accessing your inner child items here are focused toward goodness, rightness, integrity, discipline, and structure. So keep that in mind as we get here into our type one soul child activities. All right, number one is keep a promise you made to yourself. So one of the things we talk about a lot when we talk about building confidence, building self-esteem, is building self-trust. Knowing that you are going to do what you say you're going to do for yourself, for others, for the world. So your number one item on your bucket list here is to get in tune with something you said you would do, something you promised yourself, something you promised someone else, and make a point to honor that commitment. Build a sense of self-trust. Show that you are reliable to yourself and to others so that you can develop that sense that when you need yourself, you'll be there. Number two, look up a list of values. So these are really easy to find on like Google. And I just personally find it helpful to look at a list because it's hard to think of like organic values like out of our mind and sometimes we limit them to just what's present in this current moment or what's top of mind. But when we look at a list, we can really see options. You know, I one of the things my husband who's a type four we talked about recently was that he has a value for, I think, it, I think the phrase was aesthetics, like that's a, a value for him is good aesthetics. And I think that that's a pretty common for experience. But I wouldn't think naturally to claim that as a value. So looking at a list of values can be really helpful. Choose 10 that are your primary. Just get a sense because ones are so value driven. So if you want to get in tune with your inner one, get in tune with your values, your morals, your kind of inner compass. Um, and then choose three of those that you want to live into for the month. You know, this is a practice that I've been doing over the last few months. I used to do core desired feelings, but lately I've been doing core desired values. Like how do I want to live into my values each month? And I encourage you to do the same. What are three values you want to live into this month and how will you do that? Number three, talk about some of the things you're ashamed of with a trusted friend. Shame only lives in the dark. Once we talk it out, once we bring it to the light, we have someone say, actually, that's not a big deal. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. A lot of shame gets released and removed. So if you have little things that you're afraid, if you told someone they're going to just tell you that you're so bad, there's something really wrong with you, take a minute, whether it's with a therapist or a friend you know you can trust, to be non-judgmental, give them your your secret. <laughs> Share that shame with them so that they can reassure you and you can have that healing experience of being of like re- removing that shame from your life. Number 4, write a list of shoulds that you carry around, right? That little kid in you is they're carrying around a lot of inner shoulds, you know, you should be like this, you should be like that. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily forcing yourself to live into those things, but what's the weight of those that you're carrying? Just sit down. I I think set a timer for like three to five minutes 
and list out everything you think you're supposed to be, all the shoulds that you're carrying in your life. Look at those and just kind of imagine that little kid in you holding those things, carrying those things. And what would you say to a kid that you saw carrying all of that, who felt the pressure to be all of those things? If you have a kid yourself, would you say, you know, what would you say to them? If you have a niece or a nephew, if you have any children in your life, or if you can just imagine a child, if you don't have any kids in your life, just picture that innocence, that littleness, right? And that pressure that they're carrying and release yourself of a lot of those things, right? Acknowledge the weight and then let it go. Number five, set a disciplined practice. So this can be as small as making your bed every day. It can be as big as like a 30-day challenge of some kind. Whatever you need, having a disciplined practice is a really good way to tap into that type one. Type ones are extremely disciplined. They tend to be really focused on routine and structure. So how can you get in tune with who you want to be and taking the action to be them. So if you want to be a writer, can you write every day? If you want to be tidy and organized, what can you, what habits can you build every day to do that? If you want to be someone who does self-care, what are your practices you're going to do in the mornings to integrate self-care or maybe in the evenings, if that is a better fit for you, but just develop a disciplined practice and lean in to that type one structure. Number six, do an integrity audit. We all know what it feels like to be out of integrity, to have to kind of cover our tracks, to feel like we're doing things that aren't aligned with our values, or maybe we're not doing things that do align with our values. Maybe we've made choices that don't align with who we would like to be or how we envision ourselves to be. And that takes a lot of emotional toll. That takes a lot of mental anguish and stress it weighs heavy on our bodies. So if you can take a moment and just identify what does it feel like to be out of integrity, to not be who you say you are in the world, what does that feel like on your body? And then take an audit of what could be out of integrity in your life right now. Are there lies that need to be untold? Are there actions that need to be taken? Are there apologies that need to be made? Is there forgiveness that you need to offer? What can you do to clean your integrity canvas to step into that that part of you that wants to own their goodness, that believes in the right path, that is obsessed with having impeccable integrity? And if you think about this in terms of a relationship, right, let's say you're in relationship to the part of you that is a one. If that version of you is constantly disappointed in yourself, right, if you're saying, okay, I'm continuously doing things out of my values, out of my integrity, out of my purpose, I am living in a way that I don't think is right or good or best. And that creates a dynamic where you that little one in you can be consistently disappointed in the grown four version of you which is likely a connection to the harsh inner critic that you might be experiencing now what I'm not saying is that you are worthy of love when you do everything right that is not what I'm saying I am saying that self-trust is built 
from doing what we say we're going to do, being who we intend to be. And I do think confidence very often comes through living an integrate a life of integrity where we can't be found out right where there's nothing to hide because we are living our truth we're being honest we're living into our values we trust that we're doing what we we say we're going to do we're being who we are in every situation a lot of ease in terms of your relationship to yourself comes on the other side of that and I think this is something that ones kind of represent in the ideal right this like the healthiest version of a one does this so beautifully and I think that could be a really supportive practice for you okay let's move on number seven in a situation where you feel reactive consider what would someone who knows that they are good do in this situation Right. So if let's say someone's giving me feedback or criticism, I'm feeling a reaction and taking it personally. Ooh, if I knew I was good, if I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was worthy of love, I was a good person, I nothing's wrong with me, how would I respond here? And play with that energy for a minute. Which brings me to number eight, which is to also channel your highest self. When you need to make decisions, when you are choosing how you speak to somebody, when you're choosing how you engage with your emotions, how you you know, discuss a situation, how you choose to be in the world, consider what would the highest version of myself do here? How would I show up if I were showing up as my best self? And number nine this kind of goes into the same thing. I'm, I, we're really staying in the same, like, I mean, we're talking about one type here. So pun intended, one type. But anyway, number nine, live with impeccable integrity, kind of along the same line, do an integrity audit, but then choose moving forward to live in impeccable integrity, to take the steps necessary to be 100% who you intend to be. Live into your values, you know, tell the truth beneath the truth don't hide things from others don't you know be be honest with how you feel who you are what is coming up for you you're in, you know be in integrity to your fullness finally number 10 choose an area of your home or your life and organize it as an act of celebration so you know use this as a positive gift that you can give yourself rather than like a punishment or like a like plea work right like don't think of this as like oh I'm having to do this like thing that's beneath me do this thing out of a place of love for yourself out of a place of nourishment out of a a place of caregiving to your inner child and you know maybe pick the thing that your inner child's a little grumpy about right now (laughs) take care of it or you can do it in the form of like a life admin day. A lot of people who are maybe in a similar personalities to us who maybe are a little bit more pleasure oriented can benefit from a life admin day where it's kind of targeted in on a single day. So write everything down that you've been needing to do and just kind of knock it out all in one day. But choose an area of your life. Maybe it's you know, making appointments to doctors, maybe it's paying bills, maybe it's organizing your fridge, maybe it's cleaning out a closet, you know, pick something and just 
make it feel impeccable. This is not me saying that all type ones are clean freaks. It is me saying that we can all nourish the part of us that is a one by giving ourselves a little bit more order and organization as an act of support. So I hope that this is supportive. I hope that you have fun with it and I hope that it offers you a deeper sense of self-trust and self-love because you deserve it. And as always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you and I'll see you tomorrow for the next one. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.